You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I am Scout. And I am Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Okay, sis. Welcome to Okay, sis. Welcome back, everybody. Unless this is your first time listening, then welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. I'm Maddie. I'm Scout. We just recorded the most amazing podcast. We've basically finished an entire bottle of wine tonight together. Are we Caitlin Bristow? We are, are Caitlin we, Bristow. Are we, we off are, the vine, Caitlin Bristow? We are totally Caitlin Bristow. <laughs> <laughs> we are giving off. Such Caitlin Bristow vibes. Oh, yeah. I'm with that. Okay. Um. Anyways, we interviewed Heather Gordon. She is a f- young, female, beautiful, like, god. Again, all our... All Wait, our just, okay, enough with the goddess. Okay, but every one of our guests are goddesses. Say she's a sommelier. She's a sommelier, which, like... I, I, which we're super shocked. envious she's of. unbelievable. I'm going to so pour educated. myself more wine right now, guys. Just letting everybody know. Wait, put the microphone up. Put no, put the put no. I'm not putting the microphone okay. up to the spilling of the wine. Oh, I people like can sound. just know that oh. I'm drinking wine. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So before we jump into the podcast, um, and the interview with Heather, um, we want to go through the word of the day, or sorry, the word of the week. The word of the week is salubrious, salubrious. and it means favorable to or promoting health or well-being salubrious and besides drinking wine we have a few things that promote our health and well-being yes oh should i go yeah go for it so health um you're like a workout queen yeah so i mean i've talked about this in the past i i like to work out um you like to work out (laughs) you're fucking addicted the thing the weird part about me is i 
I feel like I boast a lot about other facets of my life and you would feel like this would be something I would talk about a lot with people or like want to that's true. Boast you don't talk. You don't, don't talk about I it a lot. I never post about it on Instagram. I never talk about it. It's You're just, so right. It's really, and I, I. It's not really something I've done intentionally. I just. It's really something for myself, and I don't see it as something that people need to know about. That's interesting. Yeah, it is really weird because I do share a lot of my life. I feel like, but mm-hmm. um, no, I, I, I think I became addicted to working out. It was when we started taking hot yoga at core power in San Diego and we did, uh, we did yoga every single day. Together. Yeah. So we kind of, ran, we, I just like one day was like, I want to look like a supermodel. And <laughs> our aunt was like, Oh, I know someone who was super overweight and they lost all their weight from doing hot yoga, Bikram which is yoga. so not true. Which is not true at all. It's bullshit. You do not lose any weight from doing yoga. Yeah. So you lose like your water weight. Like it's stupid. So, no, but it, but I mean, it's a beautiful practice. Like it's a, it's an awesome. Activity. No, it's it's beneficial yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Of course. So I think we just kind of got into it. We got so obsessed, and I went every day after school in high school, um, and and we did a two hundred hour teaching. That's always my fun fact is that I'm a certified yoga instructor. Which is I'm just, not. I know you never finished it, but I did, and um, I it's could, so I, funny. I could go pick it up. Yeah, like, you probably tomorrow. had a couple more hours. Like yeah, I just never picked it up. Yeah, so. I'm a certified yoga instructor, which is a cool fun fact that I use everywhere. And then people are like, oh, teach us, teach your yoga class. I'm like, no, that's not what it, like I literally, honestly, after that uh, teacher certification class, I was not comfortable teaching a class. No, it's, it, it was more so an just education. To de- it's more so to develop your own practice. Yeah. And it was more so just to know about yoga and its roots and its uh, um, its benefits yeah and, and just to to be knowledgeable about the the, the exercise but it wasn't re- it it they gave us like a script like anyone could really memorize a script and then taught you know when, when we taught our final class like different people taught different sections of the class and it was like our final and I got up there and I totally blanked and my <laughs> mind literally went 100% blank I stood there dumbfounded and I looked over at Maddie and Maddie gave me the symbol of the pose maybe it maybe I was so good at it I mean it is it's a performance when you're a teacher and maybe that's why I was so good at it or why I passed I don't know because I did theater growing up as a kid well I passed too no but it was just from help from you no but you didn't finish the course I'm talking about like oh I just didn't have my hours of yoga and that's all yeah yeah no but um no yeah I maybe that's what it I'm I'm I think I'm a good performer so yeah you are you are a good performer I was able to pick it up. I blanked and, and needed your help. I mean, yeah, you need to just memorize the script. Okay, we're talking too much about this. Anyway, so that's why I started getting into um, working out. And then I just noticed that whenever I worked out, my mind was a lot clearer. It wasn't as foggy. I was able to kind of be energized throughout the entire day. And it was really, and to, till this day, it's 100% only for mental clarity. And... Um, it's become so ingrained in my routine that if I don't work out, it's my entire day is off balance. And it's, and people ask me like how I, I only work out at 6am. It's, I can't do any later. Can't like, it's just really weird. It's just this like thing that you do. It's just, I wake up, I have to do it. And if I don't, I, the whole day feels a little off. Like today I didn't work out because I, I, went to a movie last night and I, it was too late. And this whole day today I was 
again, I told you I ate a cookie at 10 a.m. I would have never done that because when you work out, you're like, oh, I worked out. Like, you got to be healthy. You know, there's it's this mentality. Like today I didn't work out. So I just went straight to work and I ate a fucking chocolate chip cookie at 10 in the morning. That's ridiculous. Good for you. I mean, sure. I'm not going to judge myself, but it's just like. When would I have ever done that? Yeah, if you had worked, if I'd out, worked in out, like it would have been a waste. So, anyways, I, um, I'm a, I like spin class. I like um, hit classes, boxing, Pilates, hot yoga. Um, I do a lot, a huge variety. I do like, I, I like trying out weird workout trends too, yeah. which is something I'm really into. Um, so. So, yeah, if you guys have any questions about working out, I don't know. I'm not like an expert, but you're pretty. You know a lot. I don't know. I, I like to do it. It's it's a it's it's a nice trait. And I, I think that's whenever people ask me like my superpower, I think that's like my superpower is my innate love and actual motivation and desire to work out. Like yeah. People when I hear people say like, oh, how do you work out? How do you get the motor? Like that is not something I relate to. It is something that that's is, me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like people who struggle to go to the gym that I don't understand that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, this, I don't understand this, how you could just I go know, to the I gym. Know, I'm saying this in the most humble. I know that kind of came off a little pretentious, but I'm saying this in the most humble way. Like I, I just don't relate to it. Like, yeah, I, I, it, I have the, most motivation for it it's weird i don't know and it's weird because we never grew up working working out out or being athletic we never did we never did sports are you kidding i ran away from the ball we i would sit and pick the grass yeah i was right d in soccer which i later know (laughs) later figured out is not an actual position oh do you know that they created an extra team they had varsity junior varsity and they created another <laughs> team for me and two other girls <laughs> you know that our my best friend noah was the cheerleader okay <laughs> like we were, she was on the soccer team but they put her as the cheerleader that she would wasn't be even on they the should have done that to me because i never played one soccer game in my entire life oh my god yeah we were not athletic people we went skiing once like our family was like let's try it let's, let's just try to do like a athletic failed. vacation we cried oh I threw up at the top of the ski slope, and then I had to get the ski mobile guy to come get me. And no, drive I me was down. with you. Yeah, I threw up all over the ice or yeah, the snow. It was great. Okay, ready? My okay, turn. Yeah. So your turn for health. So my health and well-being is a little bit different than yours. Mine's a little bit more mental. Um, but on the physical side, I try to eat as clean as I can because I find that what I put in my body completely correlates to how my mental health is. Um, but when it comes to my well-being and overall health, um, I put a lot of things in check. Um, for example, I try to meditate every day. Meditation, I it took me a really long time to get into meditation. Um, in the beginning, I was like, this doesn't work. There's no benefits. This is tedious. This is torture. Um, but I took a kundalini yoga class while I was on my honeymoon in Tulum in Mexico. And after the kundalini class, we meditated and all of a sudden my brain felt like an empty hallway and in like a beautiful way like a beautiful empty hallway okay so and and i realized that i need to incorporate movement into my meditation yeah we talked about this with jade yeah what i was gonna say to you is you know what shavasana is like you know why it's called corpse pose and you know why it's it's the last pose where it's like you're supposed well, to. Well, yeah, me- exactly. Your yoga essentially is well the I- purpose of yoga is shavasana you are yes. supposed to 
exhaust your body yes. with movement so that you can fully well, surrender. Okay, but to let me like say, let me mind. say that the only time I ever felt that I would successfully meditate was in yoga. But it didn't take me, it took me until taking this one kundalini yoga class to realize that I need to incorporate meditation into my practice at home. Yeah. yeah Instead yeah. of just sitting there in cross-legged with my palms face up. Totally. I needed to move, so I moved between child's pose and downward-facing dog on a regular basis. Um, I do a lot of other things to promote my well-being. Um, as I've said before in this podcast, I suffer from a mental illness, so mental health is something that's really serious for me. Um, I do a lot of positive affirmations. Um, I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of prayer. Um, and I eat really well. Eating for me is kind of like working out for you. Like it just sets my mood for my day. I find that when I eat shitty, I feel shitty and that affects my mental health. Absolutely. So my overall well-being, I try to eat as well as I can. Sometimes I go off the rails. Of course, there's always times where we mess up. But for the most part, I try my hardest to be on track with that. I think Um, both of us have always been way more on the healthier side. And I don't know if that's Yeah, but we also really enjoy food. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't... I don't um, deprive myself at all, but I think my baseline and my my what I come back to is always health. Like through like yeah, I'm never gonna r- resort to like eating a, a burger at lunch. Like never, I would never. In, yeah. in my right mind, it's just like we are always we've always been that healthy person. But then yeah, we're big foodies and we like to eat ice cream. Sometimes. We are like, it's huge not, that's foodies. Not, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. I think like what I'm saying is. I know people that their first instinct is to reach for the burger and then they're like, oh, wait, this is this is torture. I have to eat a salad where as that's not our mindset. Our mindset is reach for the reach for the salad. Sometimes. You know what I mean? OK, OK. But you know what I mean? Like on just a normal on a day, you're not like struggling to eat a no, salad. No, 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 no. On yeah, a day to day basis. Lo- we love to eat healthy. Like, it's, on it. it's on the weekend. It's on the weekend. The weekend is all bets are off. All bets are off on the weekend. But I love coming back to my routine on Mondays. Like I, I know people are like, oh, Mondays and dreading it. Like I love, I love going off the rails. Like by Friday, I'm ready to eat, drink. I feel loaf you. Around. I feel you on that. But when I wake up on Monday, I'm like, okay, gym. De- like I'm ready to do the week. Yeah, I'm ready to get back on the schedule. And it's nice to have those ups and downs. Like I'm glad that like five days out of seven, well, I well, you that. can't always be 100. percent You need to give yourself that time to kind of let go and have fun and let loose. And I think that's also really a component of well-being like it doesn't mean that you're perfect always it means that you give it it means that you're perfect at times and then you give yourself those times to let loose a little bit I think that's a really big balance that kind of like fits into well-being and I think fits really well into wine okay wait I have one more thing to say though about what Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Go so for it. This was that was a really good transition. Sorry, Scout. I know. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> okay, I just I just want to say this because I was I was doing some research. I was reading some articles. Because you're I, obsessed. I, no, not even just that. I I'm finishing the wine. Okay. I just want to make something really clear. So I just want to set an update to my current fixation of to all the boys I love before. I know I've been mentioning it for a couple weeks now, and of Noah Centineo, but. I just want to say, I know the world is fixated on him right now. And it's, you know, it's pretty clear that the rise and the spectacle of this movie is mainly centered around the character of Peter Kavinsky. I know that you haven't seen it, but once you 
have you understand and it's understandable he's this like vulnerable emotionally intelligent and honest male character that we like just don't typically see portrayed in in the mainstream and that's like really the reason women are latching onto this character and to him in particular and it's it feels refreshing like there there's never been this character like this before but what I realized is like we're forgetting that this movie is about this layered and beautiful female character, Lara Jean, and her navigation of first love and her confusion and complications with opening up to that possibility. And like, why aren't we giving her the same amount of love and attention that we are to Peter Kavinsky? And it just like makes me think that as a society, once again, we reverted back to this notion of like praising the man, like, oh, thank God. Now we like have this ideal man to look up to aspire to be with. Like, why? Like, w- why is her story only relevant? Because it brought us this new male trope in movies. I just have to say, I've never seen this movie, but from hearing you talk about it, I am 100 percent in support of your movement. Of which movement? Of the movement of the female character oh, and how oh, she should be more celebrated. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, guys, you know I'm obsessed with Noah Centineo. I've been saying it. Every I know, and he's podcast. all over our fucking and he's Instagram. Fuck and, like we know, we know. Every time I scroll, I see him. I'm like, great, here he is yeah, again. And exactly, and and it. I don't know, and I've fallen into it. That's why I'm. That's why I wanted to take this time to really apologize for not emphasizing her character as much because. She's the fucking main character and it's a and she's a beautiful character. And it's weird just because she's not like a hot male that we've never it's just really I don't know. I I read an article about it and it just took me back and I was I was really depressed that I fell into the trap. I appreciate I appreciate you admitting that. Yeah. And bringing it to light because yeah. I think that's a conversation that a lot of people yeah. don't have. Yeah. No, it's true. And also, I'm so happy that we have this podcast because I would have never been able to tell, you know, um, I probably have been talking everyone's ear off about Noah Centineo and Peter Kavinsky. But and so is everyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I can kind of. And that's what current fixations are all about. All, are all about. We like currently currently fixate on something. But then we can also go back and retroactively maybe right some of the wrongs we've we were you yeah, know, yeah, we were yeah. in the moment we were so obsessed and we're like oh wait and we go back we're like wait we were obsessed with that and and it's or you think you you kind of get out of the space it's, it's, and you're able to think more about it it's and I just want to apologize it's pretty cool that we have a space here where we can talk to our sisters like if you're one of the sisters we fucking love you man <laughs> we really do. I love you, man. Okay, here we go. Now she's going to make fun of me again. No, no, no. no. I was going to bring up a great thing of yours. Oh, what's what? I love you, man. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, wait. uh, Scout, say say the famous line. You can do it. Slap in the bass, (laughs) man. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I was laughing over it. We need to do it again. I just do it again. again. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, wait, do it again. Do it again. Slap in the bass, man. Slap in the bass, man. Oh, yours is pretty good. Slap in the bass. Slap in the bass, man. Okay. <laughs> okay, we okay we're right. done. We're done talking your ear up. Oh, we are God. so excited for you to listen to our guest this week. She's fucking awesome. And you will learn oh. so much about wine. And yeah, just pour yourself a glass while you listen. Pour but if you're in the car, glass. don't do that. But, but you if know. you're at home, pour and, or yourself a glass. Or if you're at work. Pour, yeah, pour, pour yourself a, a glass. Pour it in a mug. <laughs> <laughs> no one will see. No one will we know. We poured our wine into mugs. That's why she's saying that. Yeah, pour it in a mug. You're okay. You're okay. Live your life. Love you, sisters. Love you. Bye. 
Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. 
Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Introducing Heather Gordon. She is a certified sommelier and wine blogger who likes to talk about wine in a way your grandmother wouldn't understand. Best known as the author of her light, informative, and chest-clutching blog, BlancDeBlonde.com, where all snobbery is left at the door as she describes wine in an engaging, playful, and accessible way. Heather is also a wine and spirits consultant at Aster Wines and Spirits, one of the largest liquor stores in Manhattan. Also, as a freelance wine writer, you may have seen Heather's articles on the Black Label, Wine Awesomeness, and the Huffington Post. So without further ado, Heather Gordon. Welcome. Hello. So excited to be here. Welcome to OK Says. We're so excited to have a sommelier. Are we all drinking wine right now? Yes, Amazing. I definitely am. Amazing. Okay, so uh, Heather, I emailed Heather right before this podcast because I was like, please give us a list of wines to buy, like from the, our, our expert. Like we need some like really we nice dry white. Input. Yeah, white wines. So I like ran out of time. So I went to this shitty grocery store near my house and they didn't have, of course, didn't have the wines that Heather had recommended because she's sophisticated and classy and I was at this shitty grocery store. So naturally I buy the like trendiest looking bottle because this is just my relationship with wine. And so I just need to read the back of this bottle because Heather, you'll understand my relationship. It's embodied in this like weird, this weird this bottle. This is really good. Okay. So, and, and you're just going to need to enlighten us. Cause I just, my, I don't know anything about wine. Okay. It says 
I just wanted to say thanks for grabbing me. I mean, we're totally meant for each other. You love wine, and I love getting us in trouble. I know you're not looking for an uppity wine with some prick's last name on the label. You're not boring like that. You've kissed a stranger with an accent and laugh at the I'll only have one drink nonsense. That's why you're standing here holding me like a, like a cougar preying on a young bachelor with a man bun. Let's just call this what it is. Reckless love. Okay, so. Love it. <laughs> what's, what's the wine called? It's called Reckless it's Love. It's called Reckless Wine. I mean, Reckless Love. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of this wine. This is like my relationship to wine is just. How can I get drunk the fastest at the cheapest that is, value? That is not my relationship with wine. I'm actually getting into wine a little bit lately. I know. Heather's going to – Heather, you're going to have to tell us everything. everything. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about it. We're going to get into it because we need to be educated and knowledgeable like you are. Um, okay, should we do current fixations? Yeah, so let's run through current fixations. Um, okay, so my current fixation this week – So NPR Music has this project called Turning the Tables, and it's dedicated to essentially revising the history of popular music in more inclusive and non-binary ways. And they just put together a list of 200 of the greatest songs by 21st century female artists that are considered to be, like, defining musical contributions. So this list is just making me so happy and nostalgic, and it's so kick-ass. Like, the range of artists is also pretty telling. Like, we have... Beyonce, we have MIA, we have St. Vincent, we have Janae Yoko, we have Rihanna, Imogen Heap, Tegan and Sarah, Haim, SZA. I mean, it's just like, it goes on and on, and it's warming my heart to browse through this list, and you can find it on Spotify, so if you want to shuffle, play it, it's incredible. Love it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's a really cool initiative that they do on NPR Music, so everyone go check that out on Spotify. Love it. Okay, so my current fixation, Maddie is going to be so proud of me right now. Um, it's a little bit of an overkill because I know that we talk about skincare on every single episode. It's never an overkill with skincare. That's true. Um, but I actually have a product that I've been using that I'm obsessed with. It's from Philosophy. It's called Purity Made Simple. It's a blackhead clay mask. Yes. And it does wonders. Clay masks um, are amazing. Yeah. So, that is amazing. So not only does is it effective, um, the reason why I love this product so much is that Philosophy, I don't know if you know, actually donates part of their proceeds to mental health organizations. They've actually – Yeah, they've actually raised over $4 million since 2014. So every time you buy a Philosophy product, you're also donating to a really, really great cause. Um, on each one of their pro- um, products, they have like a little reflection, and it's all about mental health. It's about loving yourself, taking care of yourself. Um, so just the brand overall, I'm super into, and I, I just obviously really vibe with um, what they're doing, and I think it's really commendable. So not only do I get rid of my blackheads on my nose, I'm supporting a good yeah, cause. Yeah, I was going to say, this, yeah. is perf- this is perfect for your blackheads. This is perfect for your some of your acne that you've been experiencing like yeah. clarifying mask like this like are, is it a charcoal mask no it's oh just it's a, just black it's, just, it's just a white clay okay mask. so yeah these are really good for just like clearing all the gunk out mm-hmm. of your pores i'm trying to do it once a week yeah that's that's all you need yeah that's amazing okay. i love that okay heather your turn okay um i've been thinking a lot about this um so i recently read the book Sweet Bitter, um, and I absolutely loved it, and it's by the author Stephanie Danler, so as soon as I finished it, I reread it, and then I had to read 
everything else she's ever written. So I went down this whole rabbit hole of <laughs> Stephanie Dammler. So she's done some travel writing and some like food writing and I think a little bit of food writing and just a bunch of stuff. So she's great. And then on her Instagram, she suggests like her favorite poets and just other writers and then writers that have inspired her. And I've pretty much consumed just all of it. She's awesome. So Stephanie Dandler. That's amazing. I know. I know. I can picture the cover. It's a wine yeah. glass, right? What did you say? It's a wine glass. Yeah. It's yeah. like a broken wine glass. And it's about her time in Union Square Cafe, which was a really big uh, restaurant in New York. And she worked there. And it's kind of about her experience, but it's not all real. Mm. Um, but they just made a TV show on stars. And I never liked the show or the movie as much as the book, but yeah, the book's awesome. We'll have to check that out. Yeah, we have to. Okay, yeah. so let's get into you. I'm so excited to talk we to you. We have so much to I ask know, you. I know, we have so much to ask you. Okay, so what? first question is, when was the first moment you realized that you loved wine? So, okay, that's kind of a difficult question um, because... I kind of got into wine in a backwards way. I didn't love wine before I got into like sommelier school. Um, and then while I was really training through that and like learning about everything, I started to love wine. So I didn't love wine. And then I'm like, oh, I have to become a psalm, mm. which I think that's a lot of people's route. So mm. I would say like my first wine that I loved was a Sancerre, which is so like a basic bitch thing to say, <laughs> but Sancerre, um, is really like easy, accessible wine that you can really dig into. Um, and that's where I first kind of liked, you know, wine. Okay. Wait, so what is Sancerre? Is that like, when you say like Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, those are all types of grapes, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Sancerre is a region of mm. France in the Loire Valley, and the grape, all the white grapes are 90% of the white grapes there are Sauvignon Blanc. So when you're talking about Sancerre whites, they're going to be Sauvignon Blanc. If you're talking about the reds, most of the time they're going to be Pinot Noir, but you can also have like a little bit of Gamay and Malbec and other things. But so if you're talking about white Sancerre, you're talking about Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. Okay, so I love Sauvignon Blanc. That's my wine of choice. Um, but I have to ask, so if you didn't fall in love before becoming a sommelier, what made you want to become a sommelier? Okay, so I moved to New York right after college, um, and I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and like a lot of, you know, 20-something-year-olds who don't know what they're going to do, they start working in restaurants. And um, I was working at an oyster bar um, and I was like, I think I might go to medical school or go to law school, but I don't really want to spend my life doing that because, like, I want to have a huge family. And this guy I was talking to who was actually a manager there, he's like, well, if you want to study and you want to go to school, why don't you go to school to become a sommelier? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> so my mom was really against me becoming a doctor because her mom was a doctor um, and it wasn't, uh, they didn't have a great relationship. So I called her and I was like, so I think I'm going to like maybe do this sommelier thing. And she's like, well, if you do 
the like if you become a psalm i'll pay for the school and i'm like done so the next week is when the school started and i was in midtown um at the sommelier society of america and i (laughs) didn't know anything at all and i was in the back of the class i was probably 20 years younger than everyone else there who was like in their like sixties and it like 90% of them were dudes. Mm. And I was like, damn, what did I get myself into? And I didn't know anything. I didn't even know what a vintage was on my first day. So it was pretty crazy. And I don't, you know, thinking back on it, I'm kind of happy that I was really naive about the whole wine industry because I probably would have thought twice before, you know, enrolling in the course. But yeah, I'm really happy that I did. And wine is crazy. There's so much going on. It's so complex. And, you know, being a sommelier is, that's an intense process. Like how how long did it take you to become essentially certified? So there's um, a few different levels of the certification process. So I am like a second level certified psalm, but you can become a master psalm. And it's like four course, like four levels. That's the fourth level. Um, and so that's the super intense one that, you know, all the shows and like the douchey dudes are all doing. Um, so mine was like, I think seven or eight, six or seven months. Um, and it was once a week and it was like four hours a week. And you have to pretty much just at the end, take a written exam and then a blind tasting mm. and you have to pass both parts and then you get certified. That's so cool. Can we just like from now on just say some because it's so hard to say some. Oh my god, yeah. we both took French. We can say sommelier. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I like so, the whole some thing a little bit better. We're so pretentious. Okay, anyways, but wait, um one last question I had. Okay, so about the blind taste test. I always find this to be insane. So do you have to say like the exact year and the exact region, region of anything that you're tasting? So the master psalm course, you have to identify the vintage and then I think sub-region. So like not just Burgundy, like you have to say the village that it came from, which is ridiculous. And then uh, grape. And so, yeah, but that's ridiculous. Like no one, it's like a party trick, you know, like it doesn't help anyone for you to know that. But I'm kind of like, um a rebellious psalm. <laughs> so that's my opinion. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned that when you started psalm school, there wasn't a lot of women in your class. What mm-hmm. does it mean to you to be a woman in the wine sphere? Um, so I think the hardest thing is not only being a woman, but when I was in the psalm course, I was 22. And I was a young girl in the psalm world, and men did not like that. And when I started my blog, and still today, I have so many haters due to my sex and my age. And so um, it's pretty shitty, but I think it's so important that women are, you know, just like in every other field, women are standing up and being like, no, we have a place here too. 
So I think it's really important for us. Amen, sister. Yeah. Wait, do you have, do you know any other female sommiers? Like, is there a network of you guys? Have you kind of, with your blog, have you found others that have connected with you? Well, um, I, when I, so when I was in psalm school, I didn't have anyone to turn to, to like kind of, you know, like when you're, I don't know, you want to find someone who you can like connect with their voice when you're studying something. And there were really only like two women who were wine, big wine people that I could find to like look at their resources. And one of them um, wrote the textbook. And it's like, you don't really want like that person to be the person you have to like look to. So I didn't, that's why I started my blog because there were no young girls in this industry. I had no one to relate to now, like probably a year into my blog there, I started like kind of finding other women out there that are like super cool and, you know, kind of feel the same way about wine as I do, which was really beautiful. But when I started there, I didn't know of any. I want to connect you with a friend of mine. She's um, also a woman in the wine sphere. She worked in the vineyards for a long time. Um, I'm definitely going to connect you two. You guys have so much to talk about. What's her name? Her name is Lauren. um, And she knows her stuff. She's not a psalm, but she knows her stuff. I think you guys would get along. Yeah, a lot of people. See, I'm totally, like, open to anyone who loves wine and knows a lot about wine. I don't think you need the title of sommelier because, you know, I'm not working in a restaurant. So, you know, I did go through, like, the schooling and everything, and I do have the certification. But anyone who loves wine and drinks a lot of wine and is interested in knowing about it, I don't, like, discount that at all. So I think which, a lot of people do. So which wine, if you had to say, do you always keep going back to? Oh, I love light-bodied reds mm. and high-acid whites. Mm. So that's really hard. Um, I love these adjectives. Can I just say, like, yeah, I just, I, so w- I wish I could know what you're talking about. No, I had an experience. No high acid white. No, listen, oh. I had an experience. I'm so proud of myself for this, Heather. You're going to be super proud of me too. For the first time in my entire life, I ordered a glass of Sauvignon Blanc at a restaurant and uh-huh. it was too tangy and sour for my taste. So I sent it yeah. back. Wait, sorry, could you say the last part again? Oh, I sent it back because I was like, this is not, I, I don't like the taste of this. And I wouldn't have known the difference between yeah. wines like two years ago, but yeah. I'm just starting, I'm, I only drink Sauvignon Blanc pretty exclusively, and I'm just yeah. starting to get the subtleties. So I finally found one that I didn't like, and I was like, I can't drink this. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell between a dry wine, a white wine and, a, and like a fruity like I can't drink Riesling but I hear that there's like dry Riesling which kind of confuses me which you can tell me about but like I only drink Chardonnay exclusively because it's super dry so is Sauvignon Blanc I like Sauvignon Sauvignon Blanc but I love Chardonnay and and then I hated red wine for some reason for a long time it hurts my stomach the weirdest part about red wine for me and maybe you could talk about this Heather is that I just don't like the idea of drinking warm alcohol like does that make sense? Like, why why can't you refrigerate it, and or can you? And it's just a myth. Okay, so you need to drink light-bodied reds. And so let me explain to you the difference between like a heavy red and a light-bodied red. Okay. So you know we're on the same page. Okay. Um, so like heavy reds make you feel like 
you have Christmas pajamas on, like, on your insides. It's, like, liquid long johns. Um, and the alcohol is going to be super high, so maybe, like, 14, 15, like, that's really high. We like um, that. But there, that's, like, Zin Merlot, California Cab, like, these big, fat-backed wines. Um, so those are the ones you kind of want to stay away from because those, if you put them in the refrigerator or you put ice in them, it's going to, like, accentuate the tannin structure which makes your mouth feel like you just got all the saliva sucked out of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you probably don't like that. What you probably want is a light-bodied red, so go to, like, the Loire Valley. And that's, like, Pinot Noir, too. Um, but you could put that in the fridge mm. and chill it. And that's how I usually do my reds anyways. Mm. Okay, so it is kind of a myth for certain reds. Yeah, okay. totally. Okay. Reds hurt my stomach. There's too much acid in them, I think. Is that right, Heather? Or am I totally off? I think it, it really depends wine to wine. Um, I mean, if you don't like the high acid ones, like stay away from cooler climates. But, I mean, also a big thing is people acidify in hot climates. So, like in California, there's a lot of acidification, which is adding a chemical to make it more acidic. Um, which you definitely don't want. Yeah, I don't want that. I think you just kind of – you should really look into natural wine and then into, like, Malbec or, like, Cab or, you know, something like that. Wait, so what, they, is, they what is natural wine? So natural wine – the definition I use is from Alice Faring, who's a wine writer – um, is pretty much wine that you take nothing away from and you add nothing to. So it's just grape juice. A lot, a lot of the wine you're drinking is manipulated and there's tons of shit in it. So like, um, egg whites, fish bladders, Ew. like there's tons of additives. Fish and bladder? Yeah. And that's why you're getting a headache oh. or maybe even an upset stomach. Um, so you want to stay away from like all the nasty yeah. stuff so people wait, are putting in wine. How do we find natural wines? Is there like a, is there a label or something or how do we know? So you can, they can get certified organic. Um, that's a thing. And they do have like a little organic thing on the label. Um, but I would say the best thing for you to do, and this is what I suggest to anyone who asks me about this is don't go to a grocery store. The grocery store is your enemy in the wine business, you want to go to a wine shop and ask someone, you know, just be like, Hey, do you have any natural wine or wine that doesn't have any additives? Mm. And then they'll be able to help you better that way or order your shit online. Yeah. This is getting fancy. I this love it. Yeah. So, so, okay. So yeah, back to the very beginning where I embarrassed myself and I literally went to Whole Foods and got this. Also, we're wine. drinking this warm. Let's just say that real yeah, quick. This is we're real, drinking we're, white wine warm We're right doing now. this all wrong. We're but failing. <laughs> okay. So what, what I mentioned is like my introduction to wine was like I'm in college. I want to drink a bottle of wine. I want to get a little wine drunk and I want to do it at a low cost. But yeah. obviously, as you said, hangovers, and also I, I like to think I'm a little more, a little more a sophisticated. Little more yeah, like I wanna, I wanna know what I'm talking about. All I know is that I like Chardonnay, and that's it. So, if I were to go to a wine store, mm-hmm. and I don't want to break the break bank. the bank, like what are some labels or some brands of Chardonnay or of of, of like a dry white wine that you would recommend? So I. 
it's really hard to recommend specific producers mm. um, or brands. I would say region is the best way for us to go right now. Mm. So I would say if you go, do you like a like a buttery chardonnay? Yes, buttery or do you is like my a jam. Steely chardonnay. Wait, what is oh, what is buttery mean? Buttery is so good when it's buttery. I had it. There's this place that, that to me t- feels like it's sweet. Or no, no it's not sweet. The buttery. It's going to be because it's in an oak, uh, oak barrel, mm. and it's just kind of from that the flavor comes off of the oak. Mm. Okay. So you get more. So there's some Chardonnay that is aged in steel tanks, and so it's not going to be buttery, and it's not going to have those, like, baking spice kind of flavors and aromas. So, like, nutmeg, cinnamon, all that kind of Christmas action won't be happening. Got it. What were you going to say, Scout? Sorry. No, you would love a buttery wine, Mads. I have I mean, someone I'm to prob- take you. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've tasted it. I just, like, I don't know the nuances between yeah. wines. Like, all I know is if it's dry and that's it. Like, I don't know the, like, little. Yeah. So, what, what, okay, what do people mean when they say fruit forward? So, a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Scout, is that what you're drinking, New Zealand, or, like, French Sauvignon Blanc? I'm not that advanced at this point in my <laughs> wine so you're career. Probably drinking New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc because that's super popular, um, and that is fruit forward. Like, you know the Chiquita banana lady. Like, yes. with yeah. the, it's like eating her hat. Oh, that's fruit forward. Oof, but you that's know, like but that very seems... like peachy or apricot or if you could just pull out like you smell it and you can pull out like a fruit. That's fruit forward. But but isn't that sweet then or no? No, it's just aromas. Sweet mm. is just if there's any residual left, like residual sugar left in the wine. Got it. I hate sweet wine. No, me too. Okay, wait, so talk to us about Riesling, and then why is there a dry Riesling? I thought Riesling is like the sweetest wine, like a dessert so wine. It's really just about the fermentation process. In, I mean, this is so technical and, like, geeky. <laughs> but the fermentation process, you can ferment the wine to dryness. Or you can stop the fermentation before it is completely dry. So the sugar hasn't been fermented out of it. And when you stop it early, then, you know, you get a, you know, off dry wine. So So that's Riesling, a traditional style is going to be a little more off dry, but there is totally dry Riesling. It's not the grape. Like you can make any grape a dry wine or a sweet wine. Got it. Ooh, so, so could you make Chardonnay a sweet wine? You can. You can. That's so crazy. Okay, so I think this also applies to Mads and I. But if someone is like looking to get into wine, they want to know more, but they're a little bit overwhelmed and they don't know where they should start, where would you recommend they put their foot in the door? I think they should DM me and. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, yes. excellent answer. Promote yourself. I, my, so my sister is just like you guys. Like she just, she loves wine and she doesn't really want me to like preach wine to her because she just like loves it and doesn't really want to know. Um, I mean, you guys do want to know, but I think there's a lot of people who don't care and they're just love wine and they're like, we know what we want to drink. Right. But people who don't, I'm kind of, I want to be that voice for the, you know, younger person who's looking to get into wine um, and looking for a more approachable source. I think I'm an approachable source. I think you could go to, like, Punch, Bon Appetit, um, any of those kind of, like, you know, kind of sites. 
What uh, if, or you can go to Blanc de Blanc. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, what if I feel like everyone listening to this, if you guys are like going out, not going out, but just having a nice night, you want a bottle of wine, you want some sort of something special, something special. I don't know. You 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 have what you want in mind. I feel like DMing <laughs> Heather is like the way to go. I think I'm, I'm going to start are doing you ready that? for this because we're going to start DMing you all yeah. the time. I'm going to be like, I'm in a sexy mood. I'm going to turn <laughs> down the lights. I'm going to watch Netflix. I <laughs> this is literally my entire family. And like, oh my God. They're like, all right, I'm going to see my dad in 10 minutes. But this is like what it totally like I've signed up for. Yeah. And I love helping people choose wine. Like I think wine is all about pleasure mm. and there isn't a wrong thing that you're drinking, you know? It's really about what you prefer, and you should drink whatever makes your soul happy, you know? Absolutely. Amen, sister. Yeah. So what do you do? So is the blog all you do right now with the certification, or do you work at a restaurant, or how have you applied it elsewhere? I um, am a consultant in a wine store mm. in Manhattan. Oh, and right, right. I, but the goal is to be like a wine writer, Full time. I do lots of freelance wine writing and then I um, work on my blog too. Yeah. How did you become a wine journalist? I, well, I think the big thing was there was no, there were no young women and I was like, we need this, you know, like people now more than ever, young people are drinking wine and we need a voice. And so that's why I started my blog. And that's how I kind of just started writing. Um, and then I like fell in love with writing and the whole process of it and the verbiage of it. And I really found my voice. I've been writing for like two years and I think I'm like really in a stable point for my voice. Um, and I, that's kind of how that all developed. I feel like wine and writing go hand in hand because as you were saying, Mads, there's so many adjectives you could use and really beautiful descriptions when it comes to explaining what wine is or what what, what each bottle represents that I feel oh. like the next natural step in loving wine is to write about wine. Yeah, I totally agree. I love writing about wine and I write about wine in a super like bizarre, extreme way, but I think it's really fun and I think that it perfect for wine no it's unique and that as you said like I feel like the wine industry is saturated with like 60 year old plus men, men and yeah. there needs to be this I mean like you're still obviously very educated and knowledgeable about wine but you have this like younger spin to it which I don't think exists which is awesome yeah, there's a few of us, but there isn't many at all. Yeah, no, that's well, like, and, yeah. As you said, approachable. That's like the key word here. And we love well, a good trailblazer. Yeah, we love a good <laughs> scout, and we love a good trailblazer. <laughs> this is where she makes fun of me, Heather. I listen to this podcast all the time, and I'm like, <laughs> it's do you like our sisterly me. banter? I'm into it. It's just me shitting on Scout. Yeah, it's just her shitting on me. That's what it is. Constantly, my life. 
Okay, okay, okay. Next, next question. I think it's great because I'm like Scout's role, and my sister Paige is very much like the Maddie. Yeah, the psycho. So you one. Get, it. get it. You get it. The psycho one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, wait. So let's talk about book club. So I know uh, you had mentioned that you know about Girls Night In and how I co-host a book club here in LA. So yeah. you have a book club. Is it attached to Blanc de Blonde? And yeah. also. <laughs> much for talking about this this is amazing oh my god yeah i mean we love we love books we're like we're big readers we're like horny for books yeah we are yeah Um, me too okay yeah so tell us about the book club but then also like how does wine tie into it is there like a theme do you attach a specific wine to the book all that so i am obsessed with reading just like you guys And I am obsessed with wine and I love to read and drink wine. And I'm like, how is no one doing this? Mm. So I'm like, okay, I have my blog. What, you know, what should I do? And so I just started like pairing wine and books and there's really like no super like reason why I pair the two, but sometimes they talk about a specific wine or something in the book. Mm. And so I'll pair it that way. Got it. Um, but Yeah, so I just, every month I pick one of my favorite books that I've read that month, and then I pair it with one of my favorite wines that I drank, you know, while I was reading it, and then I do, like, a little bit of, like, a write-up on it. I really would like it to be, like, a box. You know how they do, like, curated wine boxes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where I send it to people, and I've actually looked a lot into that, but I can't send wine without a license. Oh, interesting. So there's been, like, a lot of issue. But I would love it to be one day like that. But, yeah. That's amazing. I'm a huge wine and book person. Is it nonfiction or fiction books? Either. Either. I love it. Do you – okay, wait. So when you you post the book, like, do you lead a discussion with people or you just, like, post it digitally and, like, people can comment or something like that? Yeah. I – have you guys read Big Magic? By no, Gilbert. but I'm no, dying. But I, but I listened to her podcast like about it. Yeah. Me too. Okay, so she talks about in that book this idea of like in the universe, and it's super woo woo, but I'm super woo woo, so it's great. And um, she talks about this idea that there's a bunch of just kind of like thoughts and ideas floating around in the atmosphere, and they'll land on you, and they'll like choose you, and if you say no then they'll go to a next person. And that's kind of her like explanation for like when you have an idea and you don't execute it. And then like a year later, you see someone who did the exact same thing that you were thinking about, you know? Mm. And so I was like with this like wine book club, I'm like, this is such a good idea. So if I don't do it now, like someone's totally going to do it. So I have to do it. I love that idea. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Okay. Wait, we have to talk about Rosé. Which I have a comment about. Okay. 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 All right. So I know that you wrote that piece for Thrillist about Rosé and how, you know, we're, we need to make it like year round. Like it doesn't make sense why it's only in the summer and it's like this summer basic bitch drink. And then, Mm -hmm. okay. I just need to clear something up because people think I am the most pretentious person in the world. So I hated rosé because I thought it was too sweet. And then my friend told me that it was because I was drinking rosé from California, which is just somehow a sweeter than 
French rosé, which seems to be a little drier. And I always look for like the lighter pink rosé because the dark pink is super, super sweet. So every time I'm like at a restaurant or I'm like buying rosé, I'm like, I have to get the French rosé. And people think I'm psychotic and they think I'm so pretentious. But can you like, can you confirm or deny that that is the truth? So these are all myths. Oh, great. Oh, you, you got all the wrong information. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I okay, okay. But I'm interested to hear about this because I also don't like rosé because it's too sweet. Okay. 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 Go, Heather. <laughs> this is funny. This actually, I talk about this a lot with people because this is so common. I don't know. I don't know who's pumping out this information to everyone, but it's a common belief that it's all sweet and it's totally not. Um, so the color does not matter. What? It's just pretty much the grape it's made from. So let's say for instance, Malbec has thicker skin. So the pigment in the skin is going to be deeper versus like Gamay where, you know, Beaujolais, if you're familiar, like that's all Gamay, um, is a lighter, lighter skin grape. So when you're making rosé, it's you have a little bit of skin contact time. And so you're just extending the skin contact time with like the darker pigmented skin. And that's why it's dark, not due to the sweetness at all. Oh my God. My mind so, is blown. So how do you pick a dry rosé? So um, good thinking, going for the French Wait, good um, wait, good thinking going for the French, right? Yeah, good thinking. Okay. Because, okay. So you can also find, you know, um dry wines in California. What were we gonna say? <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I am not psychotic and like I, I have some truth to my French rose theory that it's yeah, dry. So um Provence has like made its name for itself with mm. rose. So Provence style rose is probably what you're drinking a lot of. Mm. Um, that because it's very very light in color, yeah, very like chuggable wines. Um, but yeah, like Provence style rosé is going to be dry rosé. Where like California, it's probably going to be deeper in color. Um, but they're, I mean, some of them are dry, some of them are sweet. It's so hard because there's no like rule. Mm. Interesting. You know? I have to say, I'm just not a rosé person. And I, I get that it's super trendy to be a rosé person. It's not even trendy. It tastes so good. I, I'm i not a fan. I don't think you're drinking the right one. Okay, if you can convert me, I'll give you props. What's what's one of your favorites, Heather? Because I'm going to say the most basic bitch one, Whispering Angel. <laughs> oh my She's probably going to be like, get out of here. <laughs> Podcast over. Uh, I'm just like... I actually, this is kind of a funny story. I don't know if we have time for it, but we were going out with some friends and I had never met one of the guys that we were all going to dinner with. And he was like, what do you feel about Whispering Angel? And I gave him this huge spiel, like <laughs> shitting on Whispering Angel. And he's like, oh, it's my family's company. I'm like, <gasps> oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, I'm like, I should have known that I was being <laughs> that for is insane. Um, okay, wait. So why don't you like it? Produced. What? It's what? It's super mass produced. It's like a McDonald's of like the <laughs> it's like a it out. Talk about shitting on it. <laughs> it's like the McDonald's of Rose. <laughs> like, I'm gonna start saying that. Do you guys know like Vuplico? 
Yeah, like the Wait, orange label it's the champagne. orange label champagne. They always have parties with oh, all these influencers. I don't like champagne, but okay. oh, I love it's champagne. It's like the most popular. That's like okay. the McDonald's of champagne. <laughs> I love champagne so much. Oh, God, champagne gives me like a really uppity high. Like right. I, it I makes get, me so bloated to the point where I just like need to lay on my stomach. I, I get can't. so energized when I drink. I'm all bubbly. Oh, nope. Nope. Wait, so, yeah, wait, champagne. That's a sparkling wine, right? Yeah, it's a champagne <laughs> region in France. Yeah. And so champagne is sparkling wine or still wine that okay. comes from that region. Okay, And then it, what's right. it called if it's not made in the region of champagne? Well, there's a bunch of different ones, but sparkling wine. Sparkling wine. Sparkling yeah. wine. So See, I was right. comes from Spain. Prosecco comes from Italy. And then Cremants are outside of like um champagne but they're french oh we totally wait we, we totally forgot about the fact that we got a private tour of the cristal yeah winery cristal. that France. wasn't wine that was champagne champagne yeah how was it it was oh it was amazing so cool it was beautiful we got a private tour of everything it was awesome yeah it was amazing okay. wait okay so i'm sure you've done or have you done a lot of traveling to europe and, and such for for wine no, I haven't, and I totally need to. We're going to Greece in the next few days on the 23rd, oh my God. I think. So and so jealous. we're going to go to a few wineries um, there, but I haven't been able to travel a ton. I've just been like working and writing and everything, but I think in the next few years, I'm really going to try to travel as much as I can. Yeah, I feel like you would just kill it in France. Yeah, I was going to say France is your spot. Girl. Yeah. Wait, talk to us. Have you been to Napa? I, so I grew up in Southern California. Oh, you did? Oh, where? where? So I grew up in Lake Forest. Ooh, wait, where is that? Mission Viejo area. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Wait, is that near San Diego? That's kind of... Yeah, it's like yeah. between San Diego and LA. So, yeah. yeah, so we're from San Diego. I love that. Yeah. I think I'm going to move back to California in the next few years. You should. If you do so, I'll we're, we're all going for we're drinks. We're all going for drinks. I know a cute wine bar. <laughs> i can't wait um, okay well yes yeah, so so you so you've been to napa so i have gone to napa before i was in the wine industry okay so you need to go back then yeah you also need yeah. to go to the guadalupe valley and it's right in between in between tijuana and ensenada okay um it's an amazing wine country that is going off right now. Yeah, it's going insane. Also, Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of Santa Barbara, and I've read a ton about Santa Barbara. Yeah, there's this really cool place. We went there for my bachelorette party, and we went to the, what's it called, the Funk Zone? Yeah, the Funk, well, the Funk Zone is the, like, wine-tasting rooms. Yeah. Um, all the wine-tasting rooms from the Santa Barbara wineries or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, well, where I I mentioned this in the first podcast, Los Alamos, that's in Solvang. Like, that's where all the vineyards are, because that's kind of yeah. like the back country of, of Santa Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. You, do, you, you have to check that You're out. You're going to move area. here, and we're all going on wine tours together. Yeah. And we're going to be like, we have a sommelier on board. We so have a som with us. Get out. Just say sommelier. You could no, do it. I can't. Okay. Um, okay, what else do we, we have? I still have like just so many questions. I feel like I haven't even touched the surface. I don't I'm even a, know. There's the, I'm, wait. Okay. So I want to know your favorite Sauvignon Blanc. Um, that's so hard. Uh, or one been, that you would recommend. So Sebastian Ruffo mm-hmm. 
I've is never a, that one. like a young winemaker in Sancerre. And he is like rejecting all of the traditional winemaking practices. And I'm like, yes, go. But he makes some awesome Sancerres that are really weird and funky, but they're so delicious. That's awesome. Oh, also, um, can you can you tell everyone? I don't know how you know these wine shops in LA, or I guess I do know how you know. But like, um, you were you listed out some wine shops in LA that I should go to that I had never heard of. So can you list them out for everyone that's listening? Yeah, there's the two of them are I like love, and I've actually ordered wine from them for my mom. Um, <laughs> But the Domain LA and Lou's Wine Shop, and those are both natural wine shops. And then Helen's Wine Store. Yes! And I've next to John, it's in John and Vinny's. I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't live out. in LA. She's awesome. Oh, my God. Hel- wait. Okay. Wait. How do you know her? Or you just I don't know, know her. Okay, I but what I meant is like I didn't even what well what I meant what I meant was like I didn't even know that was a real person behind it. For some reason I just thought it was the name of the shop. Yeah, no, she's awesome. She's uh yeah, she's all over Instagram and I think she's like there all the time while oh she's like God. posting like <gasps> stuff about okay, her in the next, store. Next time you're in LA, you need to come with us to John and Vinny's. It's okay, so Helen's is essentially a wine shop within John and Vinny's, which is this unbelievable Italian restaurant. Wait, is that where we went for your birthday? No. Oh. No. You'll you would love John and Vinny's. I go like Let's go. Oh my god. Okay. Wait, Heather has, Heather has to be in LA. Yeah, next time Heather's Heather. Heather, you have going. to be here. Where are you? <laughs> I know, I know but what the hell am I doing in New York? I need oh, to be in we, California. We don't you know. Scout and Mads as your best friends here. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, okay, wait. Yeah, so Domain LA is actually right next to um, our mom's house. So when oh, I looked, no. yeah, when I looked it up, I was like, oh my god, we can just walk there wait, where on is Shabbat. It? It's on La Brea. It's on Melrose okay. and La Brea. Oh, right there. Yeah, it's literally right next to her. Oh, amazing. I know. So we need to go. Um, I just didn't have time today, but we're we're gonna go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her that I or tell them I want a no high acid. No, I don't want high acid. I want a natural dry white wine. Job, <laughs> what are the adjectives that I said? Good job. <laughs> just say you want like a white wine from Burgundy. That's would be good for you. Ooh, oh, that's a region. That's a region. Okay, so Burgundy's a region, so and they like do a ton of Chardonnay, mm. um, and their oak they use is very mild, if any. Mm. And then they also do a little bit of Aligote, which is the name of another grape, and then a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc, but you probably it's very hard to find. Mm. But you should definitely look into whites from Burgundy. Burgundy. I'm gonna. That's re- what I suggest for you. Okay. That's my. Special suggestion. Okay, perfect. I'm going to re-listen to this episode so many times. I know. I feel like there's so many gems. Just call me. Just text me or DM me. Heather, oh you're opening up a door. Yeah, you're really opening up a door. I'm going to I'm gonna like set the mood for you and be like, what do I drink right now? Mm-hmm. Expect yeah, totally. multiple text messages from <laughs> us. I have people who send me a wine list. They're like, I'm at this restaurant. Here's the list. I I'm love like, that. You're our personal song. I love that. Yeah. Oh That's my great. God. Right. Okay. This was amazing. Yes, the best. Oh, I'm like smiling from ear to ear. So I am can't I. tell if it's the wine or no, it's definitely the podcast. It's, I think but it's I'm both. just like I think I'm so both. happy right now. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I love this. This was so much fun. This was Thank amazing, you so Heather. much for coming on, Heather. You are such a wealth of knowledge and it's been such a pleasure chatting about wine. Yes. 
Thank okay. you. Let and everybody know where they can time. find you. Let everyone know where they can find you. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear that. Um, so Heather Christina Gordon on Instagram and then blancdeblonde.com. And yeah. And we'll list all of those in the show notes for anyone that wants to get in touch with Heather. And you can find me at Scout Sobel. That's S-C-O-U-T-S-O-B-E-L. And you can find OKSIS Podcast at OKSIS Podcast on Instagram. Hopefully everyone knows how to spell that by now. And I'm at Maddie Mayo, M-A-D-Y-M-A-I-O. Oh, also, I'm just going to throw this out here. there. Before we started the podcast, Heather told me that she's been following me for a long time, which I didn't know I had fans. You have fans. <laughs> And Heather was like, oh, yeah, you posted this photo of you looking like Kylie. And I mean, my whole year has been made from that comment. I know. Heather, you can you smiling. wait, Heather, can you say it just so that people know that you actually said it? Yeah, I actually if you go back and look, I put some like flame emojis on it. When I saw it, I'm like, dang, she looks bomb <laughs> in that photo. Right, Heather? She looks so <laughs> like, fucking good. Look at this. Live her best life for here. I don't even know this person. Yeah. Now we're best friends, so it's great. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mad's fan moment. I know. I'm so happy. I slid into the comments. I skipped the DM. Oh, my God. Slid into the comments. That's a new one. I like that. You need to follow at Mayo with Pizza. Oh, yeah. So Maddie has another account called Mayo with Pizza where she posts photos of herself drunkenly eating pizza. But it's on private and she vets her followers. But I have a feeling she's super down to let you in. Of course. And it's usually after drinking a bottle of wine that I get the pizza. So it's like perfect. It's perfect. I can't wait. I'm going to find it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love this so much. Okay. Okay, This was awesome. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. All right. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you, Heather. All right. Bye, sisters. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together 